Business is the biggest tool to change change people's lives, change an economy, change a town, bring better welfare to the people around you. Change the world. Yeah. It can, literally. It's through relationship. And I've heard enough stories. I've read books that aren't even just on business. They're on just how people have created a better economy in a third world country. Guess what? It's not by aid. And it's also not by automating everything. It's by employing the people, mm-hmm. creating a business and putting them in charge and letting them make their own decisions and not acting like, especially if you're from another culture, not, not lording it over them. They, they know what's best for them. Just, mm-hmm. just help them create an organization where they can produce their own cash flow. Don't just give them the money. Amen. That takes away their dignity. Welcome everyone to the ultimate shift. Join Ephraim Glick and leading figures in business and entertainment as they share their stories of regular people overcoming tremendous obstacles only to achieve happiness, success, and fulfillment. Are you ready to make the ultimate shift in your life? Welcome back, first off, to the ultimate shift today. My guest is Stephen Hertzler from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I don't actually know you very well yet, but I've had several people talk to me about Stephen about his ambitions, about the company, and he's going at it in all the right ways, professionally and everything, in every way. And I've just been super impressed by watching him and learning from him. So today we're going to get to the man behind the story a little bit. Yeah, so Stephen Hertzler, ladies and gentlemen. So Stephen, welcome to the show. I'm really excited to have you here, and I can't wait to pick your brain. Yeah, I'm excited to be talking to you today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what makes Steven Steven. Like how many siblings did you have growing up? Did you grow up in Tulsa? Because I don't even know this stuff about you. So I was actually born at home in central Oklahoma, a small town there. Um, I was homeschooled my entire life. So when I was four years old, my family moved across the nation to upstate New York and lived there for five years. And from there, I lived in three more states after that, just following my family I had 11 siblings. 11? 11 siblings, (laughs) Okay, do you have Amish or Mennonite background? My parents were Mennonites. Okay, okay, so that explains a lot. My my dad was from the East Coast, from a Mennonite church in the East Coast, very prominent family. And my mom was from a more hillbilly Mennonite church in Oregon, so from opposite sides of the country. Wow, okay. How did they meet? They met at a Mennonite Bible school. Okay. They come from like all over the nation, and they drove cars. They were like they, they drove car they did, Mennonite yes. types. Okay, okay, not the horse and buggy. Your dad, what did he do? Was he an entrepreneur, or what started this entrepreneurial journey for you? My dad tried a lot of different things. There, where I was born in Oklahoma, we had a dairy. Our family had a dairy, ran a small dairy, and it did terribly for us. It hardly paid anything. Um, obviously I think now the dairies are even worse, but basically, yeah, thinking back on it, it went from one business to the next sort of, because we had that dairy and then later on we had a bakery as a side gig as well. And specifically for like the two years I spent in Tennessee, we had a bakery there and I spent a lot of time in the bakery when I wasn't, um, busy with school at the time. So why, why did you want to start your own company? Yeah, that's easy to answer. So aside from those gigs, my dad was a tradesman. He installed windows and siding, and he worked for a company that was actually a friend of ours in upstate New York. 
And so when he got away from that, he started as a subcontractor working for um, various chain installers such as Lowe's and Home Depot. And basically I was working for him. I started when I was 14 uh, installing windows, ripping out windows. I was in people's houses. I don't even know why they allow people to do that. But most people were impressed in Oklahoma. People love, we were back in Oklahoma by that time, people love the idea that you're homeschooled and they don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most popular thing there. So basically to take advantage of some insurance loopholes and just the hassle, uh, my dad didn't want to work with people outside of the family. So he always had like myself, and my brother working for him. And this is the reason I saw one of my friends that I thought was a great guy, loved the guy. He was working for someone else for $10 an hour. And the guy treated him badly sometimes and, and wasn't a great mentor and didn't always have steady work. And I thought, well, I can do what my dad's doing. And I can hire people outside the family because he's obviously not pushing this thing to get out there and, and do things right. He's just trying to get by. And, and it seems like that's what he had always done. So I thought, this isn't right. I've got employees. So I could pay them at least... Um, you know, half again that just starting out. And so yeah, that was that was why I saw that my dad was just getting by instead of your, doing stuff the right way. So your why was more helping other people than yourself. Right. Wow. All right, let's back up a bit. So when you were 10, 15, somewhere in there, what did you want to be when you grew up? Interesting question. I loved music. I grew up singing. My family sung a lot. So when I was 10, I probably thought about singing a lot. Yeah. I always dreamed of being a music instructor, actually. Really? Um, Teaching people how to sing freely and sing together. And when I was 12, I wrote my first, uh, like, stage play, all written out on, like, a a musical performance. Basically, it was a Christian musical, but it was kind of based off of themes of bringing peace to the world and and, and acting out a storyline. And... I think I wrote one or two more after that, but it was just like a pipe dream. It never happened. But it's something I I still dream about a lot. Really? I love love presentation and theater and just, you know, a little drama once in a while. That's awesome. Okay, so who was the most influential person to you in your childhood, whether a good or bad way? It was my mother, easily. Because I didn't have a lot of close friends growing up because of moving from state to state. Mm -hmm. We always would get uprooted. How did she inspire you? She cared about me. There's very few people in my life that I could say that about. There was a lot of interesting dynamics in my family. And one of them is that I never had a relationship with my dad that I could rely on. It was, I know growing up, it was struggling with that and trying to figure out like, why are things the way they are? And why can't we just fix this? And as I became a teenager, then I started looking at that relationship as I think, well, we're doing everything right, so I think things are probably just going to, going to get better. Um, mm. And they didn't really, because I still wasn't understanding what was going on. Wow. Okay. And how, how is that today? Do you feel like you understand now? I do. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 25. 25. Okay. So, so you use that to basically form yourself in the person you wanted to be. The inspiration from your mom, even though things didn't go the way you wanted, you you used the love and the support you got from her to push yourself to who you are now. Right. Wow. That's cool. What was your biggest fear then? My biggest fear was I'd never be accepted. That no one would ever like me. 
What makes that? Because my dad never accepted me. So how did you overcome that? Well, the first time I remember actually going about that was when I started working with these other guys. Basically, I was still, I wasn't running a company, but I was working with, um, I was giving other people a job as a, as a construction crew. And it was just helping other people to have a different situation. I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and even at that point, no one else in my family did that. They were pursuing different careers. I had a couple of brothers that had gotten involved with the volunteer fire department and it had, had they didn't know it, but it piqued their interest out of nowhere for medical work. And now they both are studying medicine. So there was no one else that did what I did. That was actually one big moment I remember um, growing up, the, this moment of actually feeling like my dad admired me at one point when I got my first pickup and rig to go do these construction installs on houses. And yeah, I remember looking at the back of the truck with a smile and he was like, this is the, this is the first one of my sons that's done this because... There was 10 of us. I have nine brothers. Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of brothers and we all went a lot of different ways. And I think personally for him, it was just one little piece of, Oh, you know, here's someone that gave him some validity that take it after him basically. Yeah. You didn't feel accepted by your dad. Your mom gave you the support you needed at the time. And, And you're just trying to figure out life. You didn't know where you wanted to go. Your dream was to do theater. If you had to, with the person you are now go back and, give that kid some advice, what would you tell him? For that for that kid today that's out there that doesn't feel accepted by their mom, their dad, uh, their friends, and with everything that you've overcome to now come to where you are running your own successful company at 25, what would you say to that child, to yourself at that age or to that kid out there now? I don't know if this is the right answer, but thinking back on it right now, I would say um, figure out, you know, who is the strong person in your life and who loves you and then not worry about um, what other people are saying. I would tell myself it's going to be okay because I, I would try to do things. I would try to conform to what people wanted growing up. um, I was under a very strong mindset of there's a certain way to raise a child that's going to produce a desired result. And it was a complete failure. And I mean, my family sees it that way now. So what do you wish people would ask you more about when it comes to your life? My answer to that question was popped in my mind, first of all, was it wasn't a specific thing, but I wish just someone would show interest, like that they cared about me or like would ask a question like that. It even mattered what the answer was to the question. When you grow up with that, that follows you until when that thing that, that you're constantly working to be enough. How do you bounce out of that? How do you think you bounce out of that? Understanding, just understanding how the world works and the, the older I get, the more I know I, how much there is to learn. But it also helps me understand what I was dealing with in the formative years. Mm-hmm. So I would say around 17 or 18, I, I, I got over most of that. How does the world work? A lot of that, I don't know. <laughs> well, you, you said that in order to get out of that, you have to understand how the world works. And, and by that, you mean oh, like, oh, like how people... Negative and positive influences. Okay. Why people are negative. Why people okay. say hateful and discouraging things. Um, why people respond to people the way they do. And yeah. Okay. If, we, if we go down that line of questioning, there's all sorts of places <laughs> I don't know the answers yeah. to. So. Okay. Okay. So I find that fascinating because I didn't even know this about your backstory. So you, you had an, an awful lot to overcome and you wanted to live up to your dad's ideas of what he wanted maybe for you in some way. Starting a business is a 
astronomical risks regardless. You can lose everything in a heartbeat. It can fill and then you have that to overcome. What was the thought process of opening your own business? I guess I'm trying to understand how you go from that to saying, you know what, I'm going to throw myself at this. And you may have understood some of the industry, but I know you well enough. We've had to uh, talk off of camera basically about how you started and you weren't sure how you were going to do it and this and that. But what was the driving force behind you going for it anyway? Anytime, which wasn't a lot, but anytime I worked for someone else, including the, the first, first, I would say, four or five years when I worked with my dad's crew, there was no future in it. You're, you basically you just do what you're told. It's actually very easy if you're not stressed out. The person doesn't treat you badly. You just do what you're told and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't really make any difference. So when I started doing handling my own projects, that was the big motive was I have control to actually use this in a good way. I don't see the point in running a business. I don't see the point in making money if you're not using it to help someone else. I love the that. point is to make the world a better place and help someone. So what happens if you don't go for your, your dream in that regard? You get burnt out. There's no point. Because you don't have a why. Right. What would happen if you, if you lost everything that you had? Obviously, that's not happening for you. But let's say it would have. What would you have done then? In the past or now? Well, let's go with you now. You you would have done then. Well, so many businesses fail. Then what? What would you do? If, if your current project failed, what would you do? I would start another one immediately. The same thing or something different? I don't think I'd be able to say. Okay. So it why would depend would what you... the situation was in and who is the contact. You, you're going to have to, for me, if, if I lost everything now, probably restarting would be in connection with someone I know that would be interested in, in, in building something up again. So then, because you you have that that entrepreneurial um, pill in you now, so you'll never go back. How did you start your business? So most people that I know have done multiple business. You're probably one of the first guys that that I know that just dove in. And I mean, I guess everyone does at some point. But I'm trying to come from a place of the the kids who think they can't do it. How did you go about for the resources to start your business? How did you know you want to get into commercial contracting? Besides if, you know, you were windows or whatever that you helped with your dad, that's not what you're doing right now. So did someone, did someone come to you and say, you need to do this? Or was this something that you wanted to do? And then you went and found the resources and the know-how. I like working with my hands. So I hated a lot of what we did with, with houses because I'd have to go inside the houses. And some of these people had their, their projects paid for and, the house was not in order. We go in there and the, the place just reeked and it was just like walking on garbage and, mm-hmm. and stuff. So that was not a nice part, but I like working outside and I like working with my hands. <sighs> Internet business is a huge thing now. And I looked at businesses online. I was scared by that idea. Yeah, they're great, but I was scared by that idea because you can't get your hands on it. So mm-hmm. there's two, two main reasons. And that is that I found a, a model that I believed hundred percent would work a business model. And, and it was similar to what I was already doing and, and a work that I appreciated, which is working with my hands and working outside. Do you think that's the key to success is to finding that something that you you're somewhat familiar with versus just jumping into something that you don't know anything about and hoping it works. There, there could be two things you could do it because it's something you're familiar with. 
So you have expertise in that area. And instead of working for someone else, you build a business around it. Or you could take something that you have some mentor or close friend, maybe that one person in your life that has an idea that he knows and he can tell you it's going to work. I don't feel like I had that sort of person, but I, I think a lot of people do. And I have heard testimonies. People have this. So like, if you have that sort of person, I think that's a great idea. Take someone that's interested in you and say, Hey, I want to quit this. There's a lot of people out there myself. If you came and talked to me, if you wanted to contact me, I would give you every bit of knowledge in my head to help you to better your life. That's because I just kind of see every part aspect of the business the same. Like if you wanted to start a business and it was in my area of expertise, I would try to help you out. Um, if, if, if I knew you and even if I didn't, I would want to get to know you. So if you have that person in your life that you know really well, if you have a mentor, then you can go with something you're not familiar with because they can teach you how to do it. Yeah. So many people underestimate the value of mentorships. So many people quit. They, they start something and they, they just end up not going for it. Why, why do you think that is? Do you think it's the why behind it? They're, like you said, your why was to help other people. And that seems to be your driver. It's not making the money that sometimes can come with a successful business. Um, I'm not saying that's not a part of it, but uh, if I'm understanding you correctly, you're doing it to help people better their lives before your own financial gain. Is that fair to say? Right. So do you think that people quit because their why is in the wrong area? Okay. Yeah. So I think any one thing type of questions are a little cliche, but in answer to that question, I think it's fear of the unknown. And it's difficult. That's what produced the difficulty in this. It's not that it's not possible or that it's so hard to do because you can start a new business and do all the rough stuff, all the hustle that it takes to start a business and make it out without working like 16 hours a day. You don't need to do that. It's possible to do it, but you have to take risks and you have to constantly be working with the push and pull of risks and, and, and get over your fear of the unknown. That's what it was for me. It was like, I don't know what's going to happen here. And this looks awful to me, but, but I don't see another way around it. So you just do it. And it doesn't always mean a huge amount of extra effort. What's your biggest fear now? My biggest fear is letting down the people that, that help in my business is to anyone that, that poured energy into me is, is letting any of those people down because I value that relationship, that friendship, anything that someone put into my life. I value that too much to become a failure. I don't have a family. So at this point, I don't have my own family. So it's, it's not like I have a wife and children to, hey, it's for them. Um, it's it's for anyone that, that, that cares about my life. I'm like, I can't fail now. If you feel like you let the people down, what does that make you? If you have someone coming to you that says, you let me down, what does that do to you? What does that make you in your head? I don't know if it makes me anything. I think it says more about the person that's coming to me than it does about me until I hear them out. Because okay. all I can say to that is that if someone asks me that, I would say, what can we do to make it right? Like, how, how do we fix this? And you know, where is this emotion coming from? Because there's not enough information in that sentence. Okay. You didn't answer that the way I thought you would. Cause you said your, your biggest fear is letting the people down. I was just curious if maybe if that's you, letting the people down. That's, that's throwing in the towel. That's like making an honest decision. Okay. I will stop. 
Okay, so that's, that's not someone else's judgment. I mean, that's me deciding that this is gotcha. for the birds and this is too much work and I'm going to go back to something I did before that's more known and more consistent, but with less opportunity. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Cause yeah, cause I didn't know if, if your version of failure is if you gave it all you had and then someone said they let you down, if that would make you feel like a failure version. But you're saying no, if you failure. throw in the towel too much, like you won't beat yourself up if, if something doesn't work. Some people will literally build a business off of someone else's idea. And then if it doesn't work, then they won't try it again. And I think you're way past that because you just said if your current project didn't work, you would do it right away again. Some of my, uh, my questions are, I'm, I'm always trying to get, again, to help that kid that doesn't think that they can do it. The questions that I ask are based around, like, I want to understand how you did it. And I think you're giving a great example of that, of, of you're not throwing in the towel. You're giving everything you had. You didn't know exactly what you were doing. So you went and found mentors who did and you listened to them. And I think that one of the key things you said this whole time was, you're doing it for other people. And I think that's why you have a successful company. Like, so I, th- I remember when the first time I met you, you were a bit stressed out about your business. That was in January, correct? Yes. I think so. And, and so how has that been since then? And how did you overcome the stress of, because we all have that stress. There's no wrong or right to that. We all have that stress, but let's say you were still a new company and then how did you overcome that to this day that you feel more confident about your company? It's been be able to look at the other side of, of the dark future risk. So I see a risk and it scares me like crazy. And maybe when I'm at my lowest point since I started this business is, is being stressed out about a certain future time, you know, like four to six weeks at a time. And there's a, it's not just one unknown. There's a whole handful of unknowns happening at the same time. The starting a business is a big deal. And it's just seeing that when I was most stressed out, I still worked out on the other side. And so there's a confidence coming into those situations. I love that. I didn't have before. How big a part does vulnerability and transparency have in business? Everything. You can move a lot of numbers and be dishonest. We have plenty of examples. Those people end up going to jail. Vulnerability and transparency is tied in with honesty and morality in business. So that's what's going to determine longevity and trust, which is going to also create longevity in a business that's going to stay that you don't have to worry about it going under because you build up a network of people that, that are there for you. Literally, I've heard of stories that business goes under, a business is, is struggling, and their customers come in and save the business because you, if, if you built up that network it. and they know that you're providing a service to your community, they don't want you to go away. So, okay. Is there a part in business then with that mentality that the wolf comes into play in your mind? Like meaning, do you think there's a part of being an entrepreneur that you almost have to be aggressive, but at the same time, or maybe the better question is how can you be the wolf in business, but at the same time have the transparency, the humility, the honesty, the vulnerability is there a way that that all comes together or do you think that's more of a, it's either one or the other? I wish I had more experience in this area. For me, I feel out each situation. I'm asking you because yeah. I know you don't have a lot of experience maybe in that regard and in prior to our conversations, but 
you have built a company based off of ethics, morals, complete transparency, honesty, and you do everything by code and by law, which the right way. And so I think that's fascinating because so many people start a company and they fly by the day, fly by the night, if you will, whatever. That's the one thing that stood out with you to me is like how you're doing everything right from the get go. I was always curious to know like how you did that and still build the company uh, when so many people say, well, you can't do all that, that you have to almost fly by night. You have to avoid this or avoid that or maybe try to slip under the radar with this or that as long as you can. And I'm just fascinated by how you didn't, but yet you build a company. So what's the secret behind that? I, I think it's a bigger deal on construction than other companies. For it's sure. Construction because the regulation on safety. And we didn't always follow it to a T. It was just that we were moving along as fast as you absolutely could. I just didn't let regulation stand in the place of starting because I think that's very borderline in the territory of being frozen by by analyzing the situation too yes. much. Mm-hmm. You plan way too much and you never start anything. Yeah. And if you were to start from nothing and run a construction enterprise, like one that's actually going to dominate in your field, and people are going to trust you and you're going to build an empire, I feel like it'd be next to impossible from my experience and other people's stories to have everything all like signed up. And li- literally they won't. There's companies you need to be partnered up with that require experience. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's things that, that you can only figure out how to do in the moment. And that's just say, hey, I'm doing my best. My goal is to be legal in every area, but this part is impossible. And so we're going to find the most ethical way around it because you know everyone around you. And here in the U.S., government loves small businesses. They want a small business to start. It feels to me there's constant push and pull. They want one thing. The people around you, the government wants one thing. You should be this thing to your your local economy, and yet the regulations prevent certain parts of it. And I think any business owner of any length of time understands that. Yeah. What's the first step to starting a business? If you had to sum it up, because you mentioned, and I run into that a lot with consulting, is the just this over and over and over of the same thing and then never getting any further, like overanalyzing everything to the point you never get started. So what's the first step? After the idea. After the idea. It's doing something, trying one of the things that you had an idea of doing. Just do one part of it, see what happens, and then do the next thing. You have to be willing to work for free. So you have to be able to take some risk with whatever you're doing now so your job pays for part of it. And just try one of you and, and then you can't let fear stop, get, stop you from the unknown of what's going to happen or what people are going to think. I think it's a huge deal because everyone's negative. Humanity is much more easier much more easy to criticize people than to say something nice. It's, it's like it's difficult to actually appreciate someone. You said something that, that no one's ever said to me before, but I've always thought, how big is the part of you have to be willing to work for free to get to know what you're doing? Most people don't want to do anything for, without well, being promised something. Part of taking risk is working without pay. It's learning your trade. And starting a company, you learn everything as you go. You may know how to do a certain part of it. It's always a certain part, but you don't know how to run a company. You're starting a company. You've never done it before. So you're learning as you go. And so you have to be already submitted to the idea of working for free. And you have to make it financially responsible or else your business will go under if the numbers don't work. 
but you shouldn't be so worried that that you're going to make a killing or live a lavish lifestyle or be able to spend more on yourself up front. You actually, if you start a business, you may be going deeper into poverty for a while mm-hmm. to get that idea to actually even do enough testing to figure it out. So how do you get past the point of caring what your friends, family, and everyone else thinks around you that thinks it's a bad idea? This is from my experience. I don't think you can do it just on your own. You have to find someone to listen to. And for me, a lot of those mentors came just from literature, finding people either by reading a book, and I liked what they wrote in the book, or online courses now. So Outside your that was your current circle of influence at the time? Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's a big part of your success. Right. Is, is to reach outside that circle of influence. Okay. So what, what's been your biggest failure to date? Wow. seems like this goes in such an area of like mindset. What is a failure? What isn't? Because if, if I think of failures, I think, oh, there's this bad deal I did or I spent, you know, thousands of dollars or something that didn't even pay off at all. But that's what you have to do when you're, when you're trying to figure stuff out. So it's not like there's any reason to it doesn't even have feel to be bad business. about it. It could, it could be completely a mindset, the biggest emotional toll you've had to go through in order to overcome and, and get into where you are today. That was probably right at the beginning of starting the business. And that was just starting out when you already made a bunch of mistakes and got yourself in a bad place. You kind of have the responsibility to fix it. How do you fix it? Well, for me, that was to create a way that I could produce more income to pay. It was debts, huge debts. I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. You had huge debts. Was your mindset like, how do I make money to pay this off? Or was it, let me figure out a way to make more money so I can pay this off quicker? It was it was how to, to make more money to pay it off quicker. There was certain things I had done, equipment I had purchased for subcontracting that was dead end. And everyone kept failing me. So it was basically to get out of the cycle of relying on so many other people. And you can only do that when you're at the top and you control the entire company. Because then you create the trust, the morality that builds reliable new stream of customers and income. So it was to have the, the freedom to actually expand the available financial assets to fix that instead of just like selling off and going and getting a job. Because at that point, I was already had had some equipment, subcontractors like a it's like a half business, but not a business mm-hmm. where you basically skip a lot of the risk and all the le- legal stuff. You have uh, just a fraction of the amount of money a company. It's something that works for some people, but I would never do it again myself. So you pick the less safer route for the potential bigger reward? Oh, every time. Yeah. And that that's what makes you the risk taker you are. What's the worst part about losing a business to you? Losing a business. If you, well, I mean, maybe you haven't had that. Losing a business. If you lost everything, what's the worst part of that? And what's the best part of that? Oh, yeah. The worst part would probably be like feeling like I was a failure, feeling like I had Overcoming that. Yeah. Yeah. And the best part would probably be having having to be pushed through that because I think it would affect me as a person, make me a better person. And make me a better person. That doesn't mean that I want it to happen. Yeah, I think there's plenty of other things I can do. You, you want to become a better person right. in a different way. Right. It's fair. I, I say that because I think that once you lose something, I've had this experience personally, you no longer fear losing it ever again. Because once you lose something, whether it's a relationship or a person or a business or anything in life, 
you realize I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. And then when you do, you never fear losing that again. And so I find it fascinating that you've never lost anything to that extent, but you still went into starting a business in the same way with the potential reward factor. So for me, if I was to lose everything I have today, it doesn't scare me because I started with nothing. I know I can do it again. I just think that goes to show for a, a big part of your success is the fact that you you just dove into it anyway without even really thinking about Maybe you thought about that, but you didn't worry so much about losing everything as you did the potential gain that you could get from it. And maybe that's yeah, the secret. Well, I had started. already made enough mistakes that I couldn't continue on the path. I had, I had to go up or down. I yeah. had to like take more risk and build or I had to downgrade. Yeah. But most people downgrade is my point. Most people will pick the safe route. And maybe that's the ultimate success story here is, is the fact that you were like, you know what? I'm going to go against the odds. Maybe it doesn't work, but I'm, I'm not going to be worse off. Or let's say you are worse off, then you're just, okay, you still have to dig yourself out. So I, I think that's, that's something I could definitely learn from or anyone who's trying to start something is just look at, look at your options and look at the, you know, what, what are the potential uh, gains from taking the, the road less traveled or the least popular route, if you will, or the one that um, maybe has the most obstacles in the way, really. And you did that. And now look, here you are killing it. <laughs> you may not think that, but there's a lot of people around you that think you are. I didn't want to go back. Yeah. You know, I love what I'm doing now. Yeah. And, and you, you really do have to love what you're doing because if you don't you'll get stressed out and burnt out really quick. So if your thing is, if your thing is hustle, 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 then you actually have to love it. You have to feel fulfilled in that. And sometimes it takes a mindset shift. And that's, that's actually helped me is just understanding what I'm doing and the goal and like, and then, and then treasuring the moments, the great moments and just looking forward to each one of those and just kind of getting used to it and just enjoying it and just, just honestly straight up mental strength, not thinking about the negative thoughts, not thinking about all the risk. <laughs> it's like, it's like C3PO in Star Wars. He's always there calculating all the risks and rattling them off. They just shut him off. Like no one to hear all the negativity. Mm-hmm. It's not negativity. It's just all the risks. You don't need to always hear all the risks. There's yeah. so many risks with starting a company. All they do is hold you back from doing it. If it's a good thing to do, you need to do it. What's your advice to the person that's just in it for the money? Let's say they don't love the business. They don't love the job. They don't love the career choice, but they're just there for the money. Well, I, I can't support someone running a business just for the money. But in the end, that's business is produce money for people. Sometimes you can start it to serve your community in that way. It's sort of like a nonprofit, but it's like pays for itself. I, I, that's how I view it. But I view business, the way a business helps people is actually not so much the, the, the customer because it's all about producing money. If the business is not producing money, it'll disappear because a business costs a lot of money to run. So it has to have money coming in. And so for me, it's to produce money for other people to be able to be able to give other people jobs and a better life and better options just to control influence over other people and, and where their businesses go. I just hate seeing people with bad bosses and employers and companies and shady practices. And that, that I, I saw that a lot as a subcontractor because I worked for different companies from project to project. Now you're changing that. I respect that. You're changing the industry. Which In the I- end, the customer matters a lot. The customer becomes the biggest, the biggest issue you have to treat your customers fairly too. That's by your employees and the customers for one. 
I'm a moral person. You have to be honest or else you don't, there's no reason. Like, wh- where's your, where's your line? Where do you draw the line? If you don't try, if you don't try your best to be honest in every area. And, and then also that's where your stream of income comes from. And I think the only way to keep a business running long term is to treat them right. And so you won't be able to run your business if you don't treat your customers right. Yeah. I like that. Okay. You're 25 years old. What do you think your company would do this year in business? Number wise. It's impossible to decide, know exactly what it's going to do, especially this year. Yeah. Um, The goal for this year was 1.5 million. 1.5 million. How old of a company are you? One year. One year. So in one year's time, you went from being in debt to starting a company that your goal is 1.5 million, which I know the industry you're in, and it's definitely achievable. That's incredible. Do you realize how many people cannot say that? And I think I say that to say, I think that goes to show that when you put your clients first, when you put your people first before the money, this is what happens. And this is what I wanted to pull out of this interview. This is why I wanted to interview you for exactly that reason. So for anybody out there wanting to start a company and you're wanting to do it a fly by night or some shady way or just to put money in your own pocket, they're not going to hit that 1.5 million. But somebody like you will. My passion in business is to change the industry, is to change the way we do business. And by that is not just to put all the money in your own pocket, but to better everyone's life around you. I think that's the ultimate success story. Yeah. Business is the biggest tool to change, change people's lives, change an economy, change a town, bring better welfare to the people around you. Change the world. Yeah. It can, literally. It's through relationship. And I've heard enough stories. I've read books that aren't even just on business. They're on just how people have created a better economy in a third world country. Guess what? It's not by aid. And it's also not by automating everything. It's by employing the people, Mm -hmm. creating a business and putting them in charge and letting them make their own decisions and not acting like, especially if you're from another culture, not, not lording it over them. They, they know what's best for them. Just, Mm -hmm. just help them create an organization where they can produce their own cash flow. Don't just give them the money. Amen. That takes away their dignity. Okay. I like that. There's so much truth to it. You're Steven Hertzler. You're 25 years old. You're given the world platform in five minutes to say your piece to the world. And forever and thereafter, that's how the world's going to remember you. What do you say? That's almost a bigger question than what, what do you want to remember you by after you die? Mm-hmm. Because it's like trying to put it in a statement. I feel like maybe this is getting repetitive, but it, it would be the same thing. It's like everyone helped you get to where you are. There's there's so many people on the earth that that everyone affects everyone else. So if you're not helping someone else, then how can you expect yourself to have any sort of decent life or real happiness? So think about others more than yourself because they're the people that determine everything about your life. What's the first step to do that? To put yourself in their shoes? to try to imagine their life. How do you relate to someone? Well, this is what I tell my customers. I say, hey, we have to talk. Let's get to know each other. Um, Because everything's built on trust and relationship. A lot of times a business deal is not based on the exact numbers. It's about what the entities or the people think of each other. And so it's understanding. It's like, what do you feel is your biggest struggle that maybe I don't have the answer for it, but I want to check and see if I... If I do, then I need to share it with you. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Talk, put it out there and see what kind of commonality we can 
get to resolve it. That's good. Okay, if you, if you could ask anyone in the world, alive or dead, any question, one question, what would it be? Well, the first thing that pops into my head is, is probably another cliche question. It's like, what is the one thing? And everyone wants to ask that question. Anyone, alive or dead? Alive or dead. Anyone you've ever looked up to, you could ask them one question. Or maybe someone you don't look up to and you wonder why they committed evil or this or that. And you would have that one chance to ask them a question. What would the question be? That would be my mother again. So she's alive, so I can ask her whatever I want. <laughs> okay, what would you ask her? If you had to ask her that one question today, what would you ask her? Well, I wouldn't ask her the same question. Now I see the sequence of questions. It's I would ask her, um, who am I? What should I focus on in my life? Okay, so I'm going to ask you that question now. Who are you and what should you focus on? If you could ask yourself that question, what would the answer be? I'm a human like everyone else. And, and furthermore, um, I believe I was made in the image of God, who is the great loving entity that created all things. And so he's invested in everyone else. And he is at the heart, perfectly moral. And so everything, everything's right. Evil does not exist with him. If there's evil, it's because someone else created it. And so for me, that's to be the same way to the people, to everyone else as he is. Do you realize you just answered your own question? The one person that you could ask the one question, you just answered it yourself. So you already know the answer. Doesn't that solve all mysteries? Therefore, you cannot know to ask a question that you don't already know the answer to. Otherwise, your brain couldn't comprehend the question. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I fully understand that because those... The answers, I don't know the answers. I'm just coming up with answers. I think this is this is fascinating, though. And this isn't even a part of what I was going to say or go, but I, I just think it's fascinating when I ask people that question. They always think about someone or something that they would ask that question to. But then when you ask them the question, they're never prepared for it because all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap. I got to answer the question that I'm asking. But people always answer it. And, and I say that to say it's we have so much more in our own heads than we give ourselves credit for. Like we can answer a lot of the questions that we have ourselves if we just turn them internally. And there's this great thing that was that uh, said to me one time, and it took me a while to grasp it. But he said, he said, you cannot ask a question. You cannot ask your brain the question to an answer that it doesn't already know. Otherwise, it wouldn't know to form the question that you're asking. If it didn't already know the answer, how would it know to form the question to the answer? So I'm going to leave you with that food for thought today because I battled with that question for a long time and then I finally figured it out. That's interesting. The who am I actually came from something I use a lot for daily motivation. I have it pinned to the top of my main computer screen. It's just a card that says, who am I? And it's the idea of what you want to be known for. Like, mm -hmm. what is your legacy? Who are you? It's not like, wh who actually are you? Like, what species are you? It's, it's what is your legacy? Like, what type of person are you? Mm -hmm. And then I answer that question on a daily basis by choices. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's what's led you to the success you have at 25 years old. Dude, you're going to go so far. Uh, there's no doubt. I mean, you're, you're an inspiration to me. I wish I would have known what you know at 25. I'm 10 years older than you. I'm still learning. Um, how can uh, people support you, follow you, see what you're doing, social media handles? How does someone uh, get to know Stephen Hertzler? Yeah, a new business. And it's done well for me. Um, if it's something in my field or something that you think that I could help with, then it would just be reaching out through my business page or website. And you can find me on any social media platform. What, what are the handles? Just Stephen Hertzler? Stephen Hertzler on Stephen Hertzler on Twitter, Stephen Hertzler on Instagram, Stephen Hertzler on Facebook. Guys, I recommend you guys go and follow this guy because he's going places. So I appreciate your time today, Stephen. Um, this has been, I mean, yeah, you just happened to come through Nashville and we did this and it's, I'm so glad we did. So thank you for the time you put in and the advice you put out and just all the time and dedication you give to empowering others and helping other people and bettering everyone's life around you. I think it's great. And I, I look forward to getting to know you better over the next years or decades or whatever and go from there. Yeah, it's been good to get to know you too. And uh, thanks for those crazy stretching questions, too. <laughs> it's a good experience. Not easy. Like, not even this was easy. Yeah, yeah. No, well, that's what we're here for. Thanks again for tuning in to The Ultimate Shift. Look, I know life is crazy. Life gets busy. And we all kind of have an idea of where we want to go and where we want to end up. But there's so many things that come up in between. And my goal with this show is to grab one thing from every guests that we can apply to our lives that help get us closer to our end goal. You can follow me on Instagram at Ephraim Glick, Facebook at Ephraim Glick, Twitter at Glick Ephraim, or you can go to the website at EphraimGlick.com. See you next time.